And I guess we we start. I guess we do. You know, one week off and we're out of practice. <laughs> one week off, we're out of practice. Or maybe we watch this movie and we're out of practice. We can blame the movie as well. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm traumatised by the movie, so... Definitely. It'll be interesting to hear what music you play from it, because I know in my written review I said the soundtrack was okay, but I can't remember any of it, so... <laughs> Actually, I can't remember any of it either, and that's weird for me. Usually it's one of the first things I take note of. I'm probably just going to chuck uh, music from something much better that I'm going to talk about later on. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, hello and welcome to episode 9 of Nerd Out Spinoff. We are back. My name is Sandro. I'm joined as always by Reese. Hello there. We did take last week off because, uh, well, the main show took last week off as well. Yes. Because we just didn't feel like it was the right time to release an episode. There were so many. It, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say completely left my mind. Yeah, now. well, basically we spend our time talking about things that we've consumed, which usually we focus just on the entertainment stuff. I usually consume, you know, other stuff as well. And we just kind of figured the world didn't need two young men who look white, although in my case I'm mixed-race Indigenous Australian, to contribute to any conversation happening in the world that wasn't about the important stuff. So we figured we wouldn't drown out, potentially drown out other voices, so we decided to take a week off. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, it just didn't feel like the right time to put out an episode. That was how we decided to contribute to the idea of Black Lives Matter, because they do. Yes, of course. We fully support the movement, obviously, yes. uh, as any good person would, as any person in their right mind would. As any human being would, yes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do get that people use this podcast as escapism, and that's why Absolutely. we're back this week to to offer that. So I hope it's a good episode. We're going to rant about a bad movie for probably half an hour. <laughs> yes, we are. Sadly. Um, although I did predict that it would be terrible, so... Yeah, after that second trailer, because by the way, I went back and and rewatched the first trailer. Only maybe 30 seconds worth of it was in the film. The rest was completely cut. Oh, really? I think it might have been a good film to start off with. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, yeah, we should probably say what we're talking about. (laughs) We should do. Should we ask the question or should we just start? ranting about the film that we are ranting about i don't think this film deserves to be in the segment that that question starts yeah fair enough we'll get this out of the way and then we'll do the formal part of the show exactly yeah so anyway guys we watched the artemis fowl movie and let's just say we watched it so you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) don't watch this movie no I'm heartbroken to say that it's terrible because I've loved Artemis Fowl for years. <laughs> Same, yeah. And it's, I don't know how it was terrible. It was directed by Sir Kenneth Branagh. It's got Dame Judi Dench in it. It's got Josh Gad. It's got Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. It's got so many amazing people. It's got the guy who sadly, and it's probably a bit terrible of me, I can't remember his name, but he's in a lot of things. He's uh, He was in Game of Thrones at some point. He plays oh, a um, uh, Nanus Azoni yeah. is his name. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He is. It was actually, he was good in this, but it wasn't Butler he was playing. <laughs> Just like this story wasn't Artemis Fowl. <laughs> no, this was... <sighs> Everything that I hate about blockbusters at the moment is this film. Everything that I dislike about 
<laughs> big budget studio movies is the majority of what this movie is. Hi, Disney. And I hate it. <laughs> I hate it so much. But I'm yes. also glad that it was dumped on Disney Plus because it shows that Disney also hated it. So, <laughs> you know. This is going to sound really bad, but their lucky coronavirus came along. <laughs> oh, they are. They really are. They were going to release this in the cinema and it would have been rubbish. So, very quickly, we'll get this out of the way. Artemis mm. Fowl, it was released, yeah, last week on Disney+. Plus. It cost $125 million. Uh, is currently sitting at 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.8 out of 10 on IMDb, <laughs> and the user rating on Rotten Tomatoes as well is 21%. So everyone hates it, rightly so. I've read many reviews since watching it, and they have been all hilarious. So I'm excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. I tried to take notes, and then I gave up halfway through. <laughs> I, in fact, I gave up just in general. I can't remember anything. I think I just zoned out after 45 minutes. I was trying to figure out how they decided to put those plot threads in because they didn't happen in the book or any of the books. Yeah, yeah. I'll confess, I haven't read the latest book, the most recent one. I actually want to at some point, but mm. I haven't read that. The last one I read was the time-travelling one. I can't remember what it's called, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, that that was quite good. But it, this was just... At some point, I thought, oh, okay, they're kind of doing what they do with the Marvel adaptations where they don't take the exact story, they take elements of it because, oh, by the way, spoilers, but we're also warning you not to see this, so we're going to give away the whole plot. Why not? Yep. They yep. brought in Opal Cowboy, and I thought, oh, I would have saved that for the sequel because, you know, if you made a good film, you could have got a sequel because mm-hmm. she's in the second book. No, the third book. She's in the third book. Yeah, well, originally this was meant to be the first two books combined because you can't have Artemis Fowl be the villain in a kid's movie at the end of the movie. So they were like, we'll (sighs) combine the first two so he's technically, quote-unquote, a good person in the second book. Despite the fact that he ends it with the line, I'm a criminal mastermind in this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which he wasn't at any point in the film. He was no way in charge. He was always on the back foot. Yeah, yeah. The thing about him was he spent years... All right, I'm, I'm really going to go on a rant here. I was expecting them to basically follow the story of the first book. I didn't invest much time into seeing behind-the-scenes stuff, I think because the first trailer, visually, it wasn't what I wanted, so I was I knew I was going to be disappointed, so I was saving it all for when I watched it. Yep. And it should have been like a young version of Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes. It should have been. Where... The thing about it is, Sherlock, he's a horrible person in that series, Mm. yet he's played so well by Benedict Cumberbatch, and eventually John Watson brings out his human side a lot more. But you still love him because he's played so well and because he is the one that's going to solve the mystery and save some people's lives and things like that. Yep. And that's how Artemis should have been. He should have been cold. He should have been scary. Yeah, it's the Disney-ness of it where they went, He's a kid, and he's the main character of the film. He's going to be a nice person, and he's got to resort to this evil stuff only because his his dad is kidnapped. Uh, yeah. If, if, garbage. Get out of here. And where was his mum? Where was his mum? She was meant to be sick in a dark room. Yeah. Oh, we can't show a sick person in a kid film. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> that almost certainly... 
was something someone said in the table reading of this movie. Probably. We can't teach them about how, you know, someone will get sick and it will be a, no. a terminal disease and they need to work through it. No, we can't be teaching them anything. We've just got to go show flashy lights and mm. weird effects and weird makeup. And uh. <laughs> Actually, no. I think a lot of the creatures looked really good. No, I disagree. Okay. I think the, the the visuals for this entire movie looked like uh, PlayStation 2 graphics mixed <laughs> with The Hobbit. Oh, right, yeah, the too fast, too light. Nothing had yeah. weight to it sort of thing. Yes, absolutely, I could see that. Nothing had weight. Also, there's stuff like I wrote down somewhere... Uh, the flying looks bad as well. Ugh, it does. Was a quote. The flying's awful. <laughs> is. What is up with Foley's legs? They're drifting off to the side of the screen. I was too fixated on his hair. I thought that was an interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, just everything. I think the troll might look okay when he's not picking up people, but aside from that, I thought yeah. all the visuals were bad. By that, I mean, I thought the goblins especially looked pretty good because I couldn't tell if actually it was prosthetic or makeup or both. I thought they oh, yeah. achieved that's that fair. pretty well. Yeah, that's true. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Did you recognize Foley? Uh, slightly, but I couldn't, I couldn't quite place him. He's the male archaeologist from the New Year's special of Doctor Who, Resolution. Oh, yes. I thought he was from Doctor Who yeah. or Black Mirror or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. That's good. Well, good on him. He's in a major Disney movie. <laughs> Well, could have been major. This is now yeah, relegated to Disney Plus, and I reckon it'll be on the front page for a week, mm-hmm. and then they'll try and bury it. <laughs> Honestly, hashtag release the Branner cut. <laughs> yeah. Because... Oh, damn it. You found one where I agree with that. I hate that sentiment of release the something cut, but now I've finally found one I agree with. <laughs> because I, like, he's been working on this movie since 2014. 13, maybe 2015, wow. yeah. whenever it was, because it was um, being developed by the Weinstein Company for a while, that obviously oh. fell through when that yes. company uh, completely fell through. I believe Robert De Niro was going to be like an executive producer or something, which is wow. pretty awesome. Yeah. He should have played Root, as much as I like Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and we'll get to the performances. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think maybe they had a script and then... Uh, and then they didn't have a script. <laughs> Disney came in and removed it. or Yeah, because it does kind of feel like this is just a collection of scenes that don't connect. So maybe the editing is the th- issue here. I don't know. Absolutely. Because I was watching it and at some point I thought I was playing... You actually mentioned PlayStation 2 kind of graphics. I felt like I was playing a game and occasionally skipping the dialogue just so I could get back to the action. <laughs> yeah, it is like that. It's so funny because right before watching this I watched... Uh, Twin Peaks, The Missing Pieces, which is 90 minutes of deleted and extended scenes from the movie Firewalk With Me that they released. It's incredibly important. If you're a Twin Peaks fan and you haven't watched it, I don't know how you understand anything that comes after it because (laughs) it just, it helped the experience so much for for me. Anyway, Mm. that was a collection of scenes that didn't quite fit together. However, as a collection of deleted scenes for an hour and a half, it had a more cohesive story than this, which is a proper movie. Yeah, which was rushed. And that's a David Lynch film, which doesn't make any sense. So how <laughs> did this happen for Adam's Fowl? I don't understand. It's mm. ridiculous. But anyway. Oh, I, I don't get it. I, I believe you're right. I think the edit would have ruined this because actually I'm thinking about it. 
I did see the ferry from Ho Chi Minh City in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And the book starts in Ho Chi Minh City, and we weren't there. We didn't get that at all in the film. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. And I swear we saw her talking to Artemis, saying one of the lines from the book in the trailer, but not in the film. Yeah, I I would say go back and watch the trailer, because there's so much Mm. that they took out. Because this is, quote-unquote, meant to be an adaptation of the first two books, which is about... 600 pages all up about that yeah all up both books yeah this movie is 93 minutes long (laughs) (laughs) but it had no plot elements from those first two books i mean okay the two things it did have was the although it wasn't a wedding in the book i don't think but the scene where the troll is first seen there's the troll i'm pretty sure holly's taken prisoner in the first one i read it like two years ago because i was gonna reread the whole series and then uh definitely didn't forget i'm gonna do that now just to have good artemis fowl in my brain because this (laughs) just this was horrible um i would recommend doing that yeah and the first two books are my favorites they just hold up so well Mm. i love the first one because he's the villain and that's yeah how i like artemis fowl because it's a kid thing where he's a villain that's cool for kids kids love that sort of stuff on that note though as soon as it opened and i know you've got a problem with the narration but we'll we'll get to that but like (laughs) I didn't mind the narration. I thought it was atmospheric. I thought it was an interesting way to get into the story. But they showed him surfing. He hates physical activity. <laughs> yep. Yep. I wrote that down in my notes, actually. <laughs> I wrote that down as well. Yeah. He complains, I think, in book two or maybe book three. Oh, all this physical activity. Ooh. Mm. You know? And then Holly rolls his eyes, her eyes at him or something like that. It's... Ugh. I got a, I've got a note here that says, The Flash has better writing than this. <laughs> The Flash can be good. (laughs) The Flash can be good. The writing in this movie is 90% exposition, which you know I hate. Yes. And yes, it's important, especially in a fantasy movie, but this entire film is people telling other people stuff that they should already know. Yes. Oh, and Butler shouldn't know half of what he knows in this film, and then he became an exposition dump. Yeah, what was that? What was... He didn't work with his father to already talk with fairies and... uh, yeah. Uh, I can't stand it. All right. I will just say I liked Dame Judi Dench and Josh Gad. Actually, I liked the cast. I just wouldn't have mm. cast half of them as those roles. I think they got Holly Short way too young. Yeah. I think they got, I, I really like Nonso, who played um, Butler. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. But I, li- I like him a lot in a lot of other things. And he did well, but they didn't write Butler properly. No. So I like the majority of the cast. I wouldn't have cast um... them the way they were done. No, I think Colin Farrell's pretty spot on. Yeah, because he was bailing in it, probably. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm saying that so you could go on your rant because I know you you've okay. got stuff to say. Well, first of all, I want to say that I feel really bad for Ferdia Shaw and Lara McDonald who yeah. play Artemis Fowl and Holly Short. They have done nothing aside from this. They are very young, and they've done nothing wrong here. They did well. Yes, like I'm pretty sure it's Ferdia's debut movie, wow. like debut screen anything, and I feel sorry for him because yes. he's gonna get blasted on this performance because it's not very good. He's not very good, unfortunately. I, that could be the directing, but Kenneth Branagh's great at directing kids, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Lara was okay as Holly, but I agree with you. I wouldn't have cast her um, yeah. wrong age. I think. Hmm. Uh, but let's <laughs> let's talk. Yeah, Josh Gad. <laughs> I've always had an issue with him as an actor. I think he's probably a fine person, and I like the 
uh, reunion show that he does on oh, yes. YouTube. Yeah, with the various casts of things. Yeah. I think there's a Ghostbusters episode coming up. Yeah. I think he's a really funny guy. Um, I just don't like the decisions he makes in movies. Every time he's he's in a movie, there's always one performance decision that really makes me dislike his character. <laughs> the only time that hasn't happened is in this Australian movie from last year called oh, yeah. Little Monsters, mm-hmm. where he played uh, this womanizing kids TV host. <laughs> and he was incredible in that. He, he did such a good job. That's the only time, really where I have seen one of his performances and liked the performance itself. Hmm. Um, What was he doing in this? His voice probably would have been good, but he was narrating the whole thing. And that, like, he's Hmm. got this... It's kind of like he's, you know, been smoking seven packs a day and he's just really upset. I don't think he could do a British accent, but the role called for it. So he just tried to make his voice sound gruffer. Yeah, but he talks for half the film. <laughs> no, he does. And he shouldn't. He should only be in there for like a tenth of the film. Exactly. <laughs> and it just, I don't know. I think every now and then he had a really funny line. There was a oh. good one in there about David Bowie. Yes, there was, that <laughs> line about David Bowie was great. Was there was one bit where he didn't say a word, but they nailed his character perfectly where it's been established he's a pickpocket, and then Holly turns to Butler because Holly's just, you know, been kidnapped by Artemis and Butler and says, I'm going to need my gun to fight the troll. And then Butler searches for her gun on him, but it's not on his person anywhere, and then Mulch just hands her the gun because he's picked Butler's pockets. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was good comic timing, and it completely in character. It sold Mm. his character perfectly. But he didn't say anything there. (laughs) Yeah, I think he suits this character probably more than any other actor suits their role in this film next to Colin Farrell. Mm. But I just, I couldn't get on board with his voice, especially seeing (laughs) as he talked for half of it. And I think it is made worse because Judi Dench does the same thing. She's got (laughs) the same voice. It's the same thing. She also sounds super gravelly, except with Judi Dench, it looks like Josh Gad's happy to be there. He always looks like he's happy to be in a movie. Judy Dench looks like she's regretting every decision she made <laughs> up to being in this film. I don't see that. I just see her playing Commander Root, who's the angriest creature on the planet. Yeah, but um, maybe it is because of how I read it, but mm. I always thought, like, yeah, Root was pretty angry, but he did have a heart. Yeah. In this, she's just, I don't know. Oh, there's no characterization to it. It was all Judy Dench was playing the part there was no subtlety in the writing for the character oh yeah that's true that's also true yeah i just it's just her voice i don't know i just, just didn't like it i just couldn't get around it yeah fair enough actually i've got a a, a fun thing for people i would have cast mm. and i'll i'll run them by you um i've already talked a little bit little bit with you about who i would cast as holly but i'll just mention it now for the listeners i was thinking someone like emily blunt Mm-hmm. because I think Holly, I've always imagined her being older, and I think I've just kept her 10 years older than I've been, because when I was a kid, I read this, and so, you know, thought 10 years older, that would make them about 20. And then now that I'm in my mid-20s, I'm thinking, oh, someone in their 30s. <laughs> um, and then I, I saw a picture of Anne Hathaway with really short hair, and I thought, oh, actually, that works. Yeah. She yeah. looks good, and she's a great actress. And then just now, as we were recording, I thought of Daisy Ridley, and I think she'd be great. I think she would. She's got the uh, 
stubbornness, I guess, that works really well for yeah. the character of Short. Yet she can be very mature as well, which Holly yeah. is a great mix of the two. I might say Anna de Armas. Oh, yes. From like Knives Out and everything. I think she would work as well. Yeah, I could see that. But, yeah. Who else would you cast in various roles? Um, I thought Tommy Lee Jones is Root. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just, he'd be playing himself. It would work perfectly. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Um, or, in a, a weird way, Steve Pemberton. <laughs> I, I would just love to see him, one, in a movie, but yeah. I think two, yes, perfect casting. It's really good. <laughs> so I went for the obvious one where Tommy Lee Jones would just play himself like he does. I love you, Tommy. That's not a problem. Don't mm. stop. Um, <laughs> but then I thought, well, actually... Because it's a quirky character and Steve Pemberton is a great and quirky actor, why not? Mm. Yeah, that definitely works. Honestly, I couldn't think of anyone else for, for Mulch. I thought Josh did a good job. I might give him vocal lessons on doing a British accent because I just like the idea of them all being yeah. sounding British because they live under the British Isles. So I think um, if you're going Steve Pemberton, mm. go... Oh, no, actually, I probably would cast him as Mulch as well. I was going to say Reese Shearsmith, but I don't think he works as Mulch too well. Actually, maybe Steve could play Mulch. That could work. Mm. I hadn't gone too much further, but that's just all this casting that came to mind. I got my myself in the habit of casting people. Honestly, Colin Farrell was perfect as Artemis Fowl Sr., but we should have saved him for a later film, I reckon. Yeah, and I like them casting an unknown for Artemis because it's a good vehicle to launch oh, a career on. Absolutely, and you need someone who's unknown because you need a kid. And exactly, they can't really have too much of a career because they're young. <laughs> yeah, they could have gone from someone from like Stranger Things or it, True. even though they're all a bit too old at this point. They're all yeah, sixteen, seventeen. But yeah, what could have been. <laughs> I hope he gets roles in the future. Oh, look, the thing is, I think anyone who hadn't read the books and anyone who's looking for a Disney movie to put on for the kids during the last bit of lockdown or something like that, I think they'd have fun. I don't think they'd... Oh, maybe. <laughs> but would it make any sense? Because there's no plot. No, uh, well, it would It is just colourful things to look at, and that's what people under the age of, I guess, eight want from a film. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's not too long, so they won't get that bored. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is that I was deeply disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Also, what were the what was the uniforms that the leprechaun were wearing? I didn't like that at all. <laughs> it looked like um uh the stuff that Zod's crew comes down in in oh, Man of Steel. True. And I like that film, but that's what that's what it looked like. Mm. Except green. With the lights turned on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. With the bright lights. Oh, what else does it look like? Have you seen the classic Doctor Who story, Robots of Death? Oh, yeah, definitely. Looks like the robot's in that. <laughs> it does. So anyway, will we bother rating this? I think people know we didn't like it at all. I mean, it's two thumbs down. It's the worst film of the year. Um, yeah. I would give it, if I was to rate it out of five stars, it would be half a star. Uh, <laughs> I It's probably the worst thing because I tend to give smaller movies slightly more positive. Like, if I saw a small movie that was as bad as this, I'd probably give it one star, because it wasn't made in the high-budget studio system. No, exactly. This has got all the money in the bloody world. It's from Disney. I know they only gave it $125 million out of their billions yeah. that they command. That's still a lot for a kid's film. But they could have made it go really well. 
Yep, maybe. In fact, I bet they did. I bet Kenneth Branagh, who is not only a great actor, but he's become an excellent director. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure he made a good film somewhere, but this just feels like the editors came in or the suits came in. When they figured out, you know, let's just put it on Disney Plus and get rid of it, they just cut it to make it feel really fast, but they also cut the plot out of it. Yeah, there's there might be a good film here. And there's no excuse. There's definitely no excuse. There's no reason why... Again, if you're putting it on streaming, it can be two and a half hours long. Because <laughs> it's on streaming, you can pause it. Why would you make it shorter and then dump it online? Although, that being said, there is a part of me that will take back the statement that perhaps Kenneth Branagh made a good version of this film because he did film Artemis Fowl surfing and being active and making choices <laughs> that the character wouldn't make. So That's true, yeah. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a bad film. It's bad, yeah. I'd give it two thumbs down. Yeah, Which is too. surprising, because I thought the Doolittle was almost certain to take the worst <laughs> movie of the year, but in came this one. Oh, well. Mm. Oh, by the way, I saw a tweet the other day. I'm just going to run it past you, because I think you'll like it. Mm. Uh, I blame the fact that New Mutants really came out for coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to see New Mutants. It still looks good, and the oh, director yeah. is still being quite positive about it. I compared to Kenneth Branagh, who I think said nothing during the lead up to this movie's release. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. So that was that. Should we um mm-hmm. perhaps pose a query? A query. A query that mm. that means we can get the show on the road at last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know computers, right? Computers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, computers were originally made to be, like, smart, artificial brains that could answer questions. Are we going back to Star Trek again? We are. We're going (laughs) back. 1979. uh, The motion picture. That's what the (laughs) computers were made to do. They were made to, to answer questions. And do you know the question that the computers couldn't answer? Oh. No, I don't. What is that? They posed this question to computers and uh, they exploded. They just couldn't answer it. Oh, no. It's a question so complex that only humans have the ability to understand what it means. And I'm going to ask you that question oh, right boy. Now, just to make sure I'm not podcasting with an artificial intelligence. <laughs> oh, man. I've got news for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been consuming lately? Oh, God. Oh, oh. I just need to get over that. Um, no, no, yeah. What have I been consuming lately? <laughs> well, besides the rubbish that was Artemis Fowl, um, I played a bit more PlayStation, and specifically Star Wars Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. And I know I've already gone on about it, but I've been uh, honing my skills online. Uh, I've not been much of an online gamer for years, and when I started, I just got killed every five seconds. Yeah. But now I'm actually able to rack up a kill count. Nice. And I was doing a level of Starfighter Assault. Oh, by the way, although... Oh, no, this is coming out this month. Uh, if you are on PlayStation Plus, uh, Battlefront is free. It is free, yes. It's not the collector or the Celebration Edition, which basically has all of the different appearances for the and customizables for the characters available. But oh, nice. if you want to play the game, it's free. So if you have PlayStation Plus or if you want to sign up for that, you get... Call of Duty World War 2 and Battlefront 2 for free. So that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and I played a little bit of I played a little bit of Call of Duty and it's bad. It is. I did too. I played it last night. I didn't like it. Yeah, I've been playing with my friend David and we're just like 
it it looks bad for a game that came out recently and the gameplay is just, just not very good. So anyway, it's a shame. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it looked passable. Um, yeah, but yeah. the gameplay, like you said, it was just a bit too generic. I, and that's a problem, I think, because there have been so many Call of Duties, maybe we just were familiar with it. Yeah. So actually, that's something I should have added to the list. I played a bit of Call of Duty as well. <laughs> um, but I'm really happy that actually we were a few minutes late for this recording because I was in the middle of a match and I looked down at the time and went, oh dear. But I managed to <laughs> rack up 25 kills in Starfighter Assault as Poe Dameron. <laughs> oh, very good. The best yeah. character to do that with oh yeah his x-wing is lovely <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a minor thing i've got a longer thing i could talk about later on but i might just switch the question back to you good sir sure. what have you been consuming uh speaking about games i finally finished red dead redemption 2 Yay. it's done wow it only took you this whole year <laughs> it yeah i think i started i started as soon as i knew lockdown was happening yeah. so mid-march mm-hmm. so that's yeah three months of playing nothing but red dead (laughs) it's kind of great because i thought that i finished it two weeks ago because i had reached this very dramatic point in the story some very dramatic stuff happened and Mm -hmm. i was just like the the credits are gonna roll aren't they and then it says epilogue part one and i went oh no (laughs) and it was this story it kept going, and it was still real slow, and I loved it, but I was just amazed that there's there's so much in this game. It's such a massive game. I think it's definitely the, the biggest one I've ever played. Wow. Anyway, it's great. It's really good. It's probably the most enthralled and involved that I've felt in a game's world since... I keep saying Skyrim, but if I'm going to say something from like this generation, Horizon Zero Dawn comes close. Oh, okay, yeah. I think these two... The worlds of these two are really good. But mm. yeah, like Skyrim was a big one for me and this is almost at that level. Um, just riding around, talking to people, just doing stuff like making sure your horse is brushed even though it doesn't... Like, <laughs> there's no reason to do it. There's, yeah. There's no reason. But yeah. I do because my horse is great. <laughs> it's a good horse. Well, that's, that's actually, some like me, I also played a bit more Spider-Man just because I had a few more backpacks to collect. Mm. But then I was also seeing, oh, look at that, there's Rand Industries. Oh, look at that, there's uh, Alias Investigations or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, Alias, isn't there? That, that's right, that's cool. Yeah, so it's that kind of thing where it's just so satisfying and so exactly. pleasing to be there that you want to do every part of it. Yeah, and even after I finished the game, saw the credits roll. I still spent about two hours investigating mm-hmm. this massive part of the map that mm. you can't even visit until the very end of the game. And I found so many things to do, even though there's like no missions at all. Cause I had um, somehow finished all the side missions before finishing <laughs> the story, which I never do. I'm going to try and do that. Actually I'll start Spider-Man again. I'm actually going to try and do all the side missions so that when I finish the game, it hits hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you you can't go back and do them in Spider-Man, which is annoying. You kind of can in Red Dead. The the thing with Rockstar Games is once you finish the story, there's not really any reason to go back. And yeah, I think that's kind of the case with this. Kind of like uh, GTA Five. The only thing really left for me to do is ride around and <laughs> buy things. That's about it. Isn't that just the Grand Theft Auto series? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ah, five's great. The story's really involved. Although, why are they releasing it on PlayStation 5? Why is that a launch title? The game's been out for uh, for ages. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, there's a new generation coming out. 
Uh, yeah, I'd rate Red Dead two thumbs up. Let's talk about PlayStation 5. I, yeah. Whoa, it's good. It was a good reveal. <laughs> There's some good stuff. I actually didn't even watch a reveal. I'm just seeing what they've got available on it. I should probably go and watch the announcement or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly exciting, but I think the look is something that you should see because the look for the PlayStation 5 is ridiculous, but I really like it. Oh, yeah. I've, I've seen the memes. They started within five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Someone had a PS2 put inside a white binder. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> it looks like. I saw one um, uh, replacing the school that Zoolander builds in the end of Zoolander. Oh. It, it also fits it. <laughs> right. I've seen the Eye of Saruman replaced with it. Yep. All sorts of things. Yeah. That's a good one. But let's talk about some of the titles. Oh, mm. Specifically for me, because I'm obsessed with Spider-Man at the moment, we're going to have a Miles Morales game. Yeah. Well, technically an expansion. Technically a remaster oh, really? an expansion of the game. But I um, think it's probably going to be like a 10-hour long story or something. So Probably. It'll be a sizable expansion. But yeah, I'm keen. It looks really good. Somebody did a gorgeous thing where they took the clips and then um, edited What's Up Danger on it. Oh, yeah. So it looked like um, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, it's really good, and this version of Miles Morales is a lot older than uh, what you usually have for this character, but I really liked what they oh. did in the main game. I thought he was still meant to be a teen, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's like Spider-Man. I like that he's mid-twenties now. Yeah. And he's been on, on the job for eight years and stuff like that. Yeah, so. And he's played by a 40-year-old, which I still can't get my head around. He does a great job. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's really wild. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really keen for that, as well as Horizon something Frontier. I forget what the exact name of it is. Isn't that the sequel to the other game you just mentioned earlier? Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn, which that's is, um, I guess, it's post-apocalypse except you don't really know why everyone has amnesia as to what happened. <laughs> and there's giant robot dinosaurs walking around. The first one's excellent. I mm. I loved it. Can't, cannot recommend it enough. Um, if you're a fan of RPGs, it's one of the best. That God of War, Spider-Man, Red Dead, the four best games of the generation, I would say. Wow. Um, love Horizons. Very keen for a sequel. Uh, what else was announced? There was some pretty cool stuff. Resident Evil 8, which looks weird. I think it's set in the past. I don't know, like the 20s or something. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I haven't played 7 because horror games... I like horror, but horror games are like you're walking into a jump scare. And I'm like, why, why would you do that? <laughs> why not put a plot in? Oh, wait, it's a horror film. <laughs> well, that's fair enough, though. The whole plot of Alien Isolation is, hey, you're on a ship and there's an alien. That's the yeah. plot. <laughs> And it and it will kill you in, in yeah. a scary way. <laughs> it's a good game though. It's real good. <laughs> oh yeah, I've heard a lot about it. But yeah, I need to I need to start playing games that aren't just based on franchises. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I know they've become their own franchise, but I'd like to play Horizon, the Horizon franchise now because obviously there's a sequel coming. But yeah, I just haven't looked at them because I focus more on Arkham and Spider Man and Star Wars stuff. <laughs> Oh, it says here there's going to be a Lord of the Rings game based on Gollum coming out next year. Based on Gollum? Yeah, it's called Lord of the Rings Gollum. Action adventure? Huh, weird. Interesting. Wow, what if he had his whole life with the ring? Oh, that could be cool. That could actually work yeah. really well. I thought if it was just Gollum as Gollum, um, it could mm. potentially be annoying, but if maybe he devolves into Gollum, I don't know. Anyway. Maybe. 
don't know. The um Middle Earth games, the two Middle Earth games are apparently really good. I've never got... Uh, mm. I own them, but I've never played them. Actually, all this talk of gaming, I really didn't complete my list very well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of stream streaming stuff on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Um, although I'm phil- philosophically against Twitch because I found it's it's owned by uh, Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and I just don't support them at all. Uh, if you're a supporter of any political movement, don't support Amazon. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that being said, the stre- the streaming. Uh, what am I trying to say? The streamers on there <laughs> mm. uh, that I follow are really really cool. Um, I mentioned them before, Deckett Games. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the guy who plays Connor from Detroit, Become Human. Yep. Uh, and his wife, who's also in the game. I, I don't know who she plays because I haven't played that game. It'd mm. probably come to mind if I had played that game. I think it's on sale now at the moment, actually, if you do want to play it. Highly recommend Ooh. it. It's, it's brilliant. I'll go check it out because I do want to play it because I just like these two. They're so charming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I've mentioned this company before because of their YouTube stuff, but I've discovered them on Twitch as well. Um, Hyper RPG. Mm-hmm. And they're a small production company, and uh, I've seen more of their stuff on Twitch than I have on YouTube. Because basically, it's a funny little setup. About four or five of them live together, and they have all the production company's equipment in one house. And then normally, before um, lockdown started, uh, people would just go to that house and they'd film and they'd stream and they'd do all of that. But because of lockdown, they had to do some of their stuff via Skype or Zoom or whatever. But then also the people who live together in the house, they started doing their own cooking show and stuff like that as well. (laughs) And then one of them, who's the video editor, usually showed the process of how they edit. And then they also did a short film from beginning to end and they streamed the process of it. Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Or at least the opening of the short film. Yeah. To kind of show what you could do in lockdown if you've got the equipment and some friends that you either live with or you can interact under the... uh, limitations of the number of people you can have <laughs> mm. but yeah no it was really great stuff and i've been watching a fair bit of twitch i also connected my playstation account to twitch and maybe streamed me playing battlefront last night <laughs> oh nice that's cool it was kind of cool i didn't enable my microphone or anything like that i don't really want to talk to people but i was just doing it for the sake of it <laughs> yeah no yeah it's good and i got two viewers so there we go <laughs> nice perfect <laughs> that's yeah. great well, moving on from games, is there anything else you've been consuming? Oh, there is. I've jumped into a new world. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, over this past fortnight, I've watched the first four episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, yes. Very nice. And I'm in love uh, with the show, with Buffy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with Willow, uh, with everyone, actually. They're all great. It is incredibly 90s and incredibly cheesy at points. Perfect. But... It just works so well for this show. <laughs> it works better for this show than it does for Stargate SG-1, the first three or four seasons of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's because it's even more cheesy. Like, there's a bit where Buffy jumps over a fence or a gate and they put in, like, a <laughs> sound effect. <laughs> that's so... Oh, wow. That's great. I guess because it's more... I don't want to say young adulty, but it is about teenagers that yeah. they can kind of get away with more cheese than a military sci-fi show probably could. It's true. It's true. But I guess it's it could be shameless in that regard, whereas the military sci-fi show tried to be as serious as possible, then it just became kind of cheesy because it's got some slightly outdated stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the characters in this are wonderful. It's got the Joss Whedon dialogue, which is one thing I worship him for. Mm-hmm. 
just like subtle things like haven't you got an elsewhere to be (laughs) (laughs) instead of shouldn't you be somewhere else it's just playing around with the typical lines and the typical teenage speak it's just it's great yeah that's good yeah i'm only four episodes in i was trying to watch an episode a day but then uh, i started working again and then i actually got a sore back and i've been off work a little bit because i've got a sore back which is a good and a bad thing (laughs) yeah um but i might try and watch some more tonight but yeah i'm going to basically go on the buffy journey and then eventually the angel journey um kind of in the complete opposite to artemis fowl it's opened up a whole entire new world for me, whereas Artemis Fowl buried the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in reading the Buffy comics that are out there. Yep. I just want to get more of Joss Whedon's work in my life. I want to see some more Sarah Michelle Gellar be amazing. I want to see some more Anthony Stewart Head being young, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but brilliant. And the quirky Brit, the stereotypical quirky Brit, but he does it so well. Mm-hmm. It's just a great show. Um, again, four episodes in. I know there are lots of story arcs and things like that that build up um i've heard a bit about it i've also heard some spoilers about towards the end of the show but i don't mind it's, oh yeah it's a 20 30 year old show something like that it, it bound to become a bit pop culture and general knowledge just like you know a lot of people who haven't seen star wars know darth vader is luke skywalker's dad sorry <laughs> I, I gave that away um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm really liking it i I would go into a bit more detail, but it's been about a week since I watched those four episodes. Yeah, right. But it's just, again, it's the dialogue and the character inter- interactions that make it really good. But yeah, I'm going to definitely continue in the uh, the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I've loved it so far, and I think I'm just going to love it even more. Perfect. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a wide new Joss Whedon world for you to explore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it the only show of his that you haven't seen yet uh, i feel like yeah i mean if you if you include angel as part of this universe because i haven't seen either one of those but yeah it's mm-hmm. basically the only joss whedon show i haven't seen i'm pretty sure yeah nice perfect that's good i mean what other shows has he done <laughs> i've seen firefly i've seen dr horrible sing along blog which kind of counts as a show ish yeah technically i guess <laughs> and he's only really directed the pilot episode of agents of shield but that's a whedon show because his brother's in charge of it yeah exactly that's true Speaking of which, I love how they're going all out for the final season. Yeah, I've seen so many pictures online of just the characters that they're, that yeah. they're meeting and stuff. It looks great. I need to catch up. I'm yeah. still two seasons behind, so I'll try and do that soon. So do I. I've got the last half of last season to watch and then this season. Okay. But I just love that they've decided, look, it's our last season. We've put our characters in a specific position, but we'll just go for it. I love the look of that. Mm. Yeah, that's good. But yeah, no, I think actually looking at IMDb, I've started now all of uh, Joss Whedon's shows. I need to see some of his movies that he's done, but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, movies. And his new show looks interesting, The Nevers. The concept is almost too Whedon-y, I think. (laughs) Maybe. The synopsis it's got is very much like, okay, you're definitely returning to what you know and why people like you, but it, it looks good. I'm keen to watch it eventually. Well, you could say that, but I think people need that now. Uh, in that he's gone off and done things that aren't necessarily exactly what he would do. That's true. And I don't know. I mean, some people I know roll their eyes at, oh, he's writing a strong female character. Is that all he does? (laughs) No, he writes characters, and sometimes women are the best fit for being a main character in a show. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. There's so much you could get in there about uh, quote-unquote gender politics, even though it's not really politics, it's just 
social and it's treating people kindly, which gets us back to what we started with, with our little statement about why we took <laughs> last week off. Exactly, yeah. Uh, there are some things actually he's done which have been um, a bit of a... It impedes the uh, equality movement occasionally, but also he did break some ground and allow us to um, have some changes come about in representation on TV, so that's really good. Yeah. Also, if it weren't for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Doctor Who wouldn't be as it is now because Russell T. Davies cited Buffy the Vampire Slayer as an example of how he wanted to make Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, with without Buffy, TV would probably still be, uh, not to say bad, but uh, bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Genre would have definitely been slower, I reckon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it's <laughs> the CW has Joss Whedon to thank for their format. <laughs> oh, yeah. Without Buffy, like Smallville would have <laughs> never happened, which means Supernatural would have never happened, which yeah. means everything the CW produces would never have happened. Which means Stephen Amell wouldn't have the career he has now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and he deserves it so much. I mean, Greg Bertinelli. We wouldn't have the CW if it weren't for Greg Bertinelli, though. So <laughs> That's true. That's true as well. Anyway, that's a huge tangent to say. I'm liking mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the CW, though, I've been tempted to uh, go back to Riverdale based ah. on Twin Peaks. Because the first... like Riverdale is so obviously a Twin Peaks ripoff. Everything from... Uh, it starts off with a murder mystery, the number of episodes until you find out what happened. Oh dear. <laughs> the sort of character who, like, everything about Riverdale is ridiculously close to Twin Peaks. Betty's mum is played by Shelley from Riverdale. Imagine. Uh... <laughs> um, and I, like, I'm kind of interested in going back because I quite like it. It's a good show. Mm. Uh, the acting's great aside from Archie. No, no, no. The actor for Archie's great. He's the way that they write him is so he's a bad character. Is he the main character? No. Okay. I think him, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead all kind of make up the main ensemble. Because I've heard from some people that one of them, maybe it was Jughead, suffers from main character syndrome, which is a hard one to explain. But... Yeah, he should not. He should not be the, a main character. They've. Mm. Yeah, out of everything that they did in the first two seasons, I'm annoyed the most about what they did with Jughead. First of all, he's not asexual, which I think yeah. he should be. Oh, not not in the show, he's not asexual. Yeah, yeah. In the comics, he very much is. I thought you meant that they made him sexual, like sexually interested when in the comics. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the comics, he's definitely not interested in this. He 100% is, and I, I don't know, I think that could have been a some mm. good representation but they were like no it's a cw show the four main characters have to hook up with each other <laughs> everyone's got to have a, a love <laughs> hexagon not a love triangle is <laughs> exactly but yeah i'm interested to to go in and check it out but i think agents of shield is going to take uh priority when it comes to 22 episode long seasons i've got to catch up on so oh well the good news for you is that at least this last season is much shorter so that's true that's true well then it's two 22 episode long seasons, technically. It's the last two are a bit shorter. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> do you think, just playing devil's advocate as someone who hasn't seen Riverdale, mm. do you think potentially they were trying to introduce not the format, but the concept and uh, a way of doing it to a younger audience? And then maybe when they grow up, they'll check out Twin Peaks? Yeah, definitely. I think without. River, I mean, oh, was the Twin Peaks revival was talked about in 2014. Riverdale started in 
2017, I think. So mm. I think it was going to come back and be on people's radar anyway. But I I know quite a few people who have gone back to Twin Peaks because of Riverdale and hated it because Twin Peaks is <laughs> definitely not Riverdale. Yeah. But yeah. You know, all of this talk about it recently from you and Rob and uh, then you're doing basically an episode dedicated to it. Um <laughs> Has really, <laughs> it's really got me interested in checking it out. I've never seen it before, but I, I do love the cast. Mm. It, it's, uh, it's pretty great. At mm. this stage, yeah, Rob, uh, Caitlin, and myself in our first watch through, and Jen as well, because she's joining along. We've watched the 30 episodes of the original series, the incredibly sad movie, which ruined my night, and I was just really sad Aww. after it. I don't know why. I was just like, man, I'm really sad after watching that. <laughs> and then also um, The Missing Pieces. So we're up to the 2017 show now. So mm. we'll be done with that soon. I think you'd... Mate? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those shows where the people... Yeah, I don't know who'd like it and who wouldn't. Mm. I think you'd like it. Based off the performances, it's great. It's just when it gets a little weird. I like weird. <laughs> it's very much like you've got to be on book. Because when it gets weird, it turns into a horror. And that's why I'm thinking you might not uh, okay. be super on board. But I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. If it's an intellectual horror where there's a reason for it going horrific, then that's fine. But if it's just a bunch of jump scares, then I think it's a bit dumb. <laughs> oh, there's but... no jump. Yeah, there's no, there's no jump scares. There we go. So this won't resort to that, so... No, it's, yeah, well, like, it's like art horror. Like, uh, it's very heavily influenced by The Shining and other ah, okay. Stanley Kubrick works. Well, let's just go for this. It's more of a blink than a... Oh, that's got jump scares in it. No, it's more of a silence in the library than a blink. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where the tone and the atmosphere is yeah. what's scary, whereas... I'd go with that. And maybe listen, listen? as well. Okay. Oh, listen but was a little bit like that. I hope there's a big difference there. I hope this is good. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay. I don't mind listen. It's just, it's it's not what everyone goes, oh my God, that was brilliant. I'm like, eh, it was okay. <laughs> I remember thinking it was great, but I also can't remember anything about it. So yeah, that's my big thing as well. Maybe that's why it wasn't great. I don't yeah. know. I should rewatch it at some point. But anyway, I did want to talk about a, a TV show, but now I've forgotten what it was. Well, wait, <laughs> I started talking about Riverdale. Riverdale. Like, yeah, I wanted to get back into it. What else was I going to go into? Ah, uh, uh, oh, I finished season six of Shit's Creek. That's it. Oh right, yeah, that's yeah. That's it. You just started that when we did the last. Last one. Yeah. Um, I think if this was any other season, I probably would have watched it in like two days. But because it's the final season, I really took my time with <laughs> yeah. it and went for for, for two weeks. Uh, mm. It's great. It's a really, really good ending. I almost don't want to say anything. So if you're invested in the show and haven't seen the final season yet, skip ahead. If you haven't watched it, you can keep listening. None of this will matter. Um, <laughs> We're going to hold you to that. <laughs> There's a breakup in this sixth season, <gasps> and it's the best I have ever seen handled on TV. It mm. was handled so maturely, and the actors completely disappeared. It was the characters, and it's phenomenal. Beautiful. It's incredible TV. Wow. They really balanced the the wholesome, we don't want to say goodbye to the show element with actual, like funny writing and good stories. I think a lot of comedies in their final seasons get too wholesome. They get too self-congratulatory. Hmm. 
Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Big Bang th- Yeah. Well, that ended with Mark <laughs> Hamill marrying people, right? I don't know. I haven't seen any of that show. So. No, I haven't either. I, I'm just basing it on what I heard. Uh, I think Friends definitely... Actually, I don't mind... I, I don't like the show Friends in general. I don't think mm. it's particularly great, but the final episode is pretty good. The problem with long-running shows is they tease things that are going to happen, and then when they know it's going to finish, they go, all right, it happens now. It happens now, <laughs> exactly. So it feels it feels like it's a bit too feel good. Yeah. And the good thing about this show was it wasn't super popular until last year. Like mm. last year was when it got really popular in season five with it being added to Netflix in non-American countries. And it just got mm. a massive influx of uh, pairs of eyes on it. Yeah, I first came across it at like 11 p.m. on a Saturday or Sunday night on ABC2. Oh, wow. Or ABC Comedy or whatever it is. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this looks good, but I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. And it's happened every week that way. So now that it's on a streaming service, I'm probably going to check it out now. Yeah, because it it feels like something more people should see because it's Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara who are great (laughs) and they've worked together so many times and they are, in their own rights, comedy icons. Oh, yeah. And the fact that the show was, as you said, just kind of pushed to the side to late TV in every market. Yeah. Even in America, I think it was only on ABC Freeform or something, which is like the young adult (laughs) channel that ABC have. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So actually, it's CBS, it says here, so I don't know. Um, But anyway. Anyway, yeah. I understand what you're saying, though. uh, It's great. It's a really good ending. I really Mm. liked it. Catherine O'Hara does say bebe a couple times, which is great because her accent is ridiculous <laughs> and she pronounces baby as bebe and bebe. it's so funny. And uh, look, it's probably uh, fan service, but I'm glad she said it in the final episode. <laughs> ah, people say, oh, that's fan service, like it's a bad thing, but you're a fan. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, look, just, just two thumbs up. It's great. I highly yeah. recommend the show in general. It's the best one of the best sitcoms, very wholesome. Mm. Question. Yes. Um, you mentioned the breakup. You don't have to go into details about who, but I assume, and I love it when shows get this right, you've got the upsetting side of something. Say a character dies and you have their funeral, mm. but then you remember something funny about them or what they would have said at this point, or you know, your, your ex is gone now and you'd normally be sitting down to watch this show and then you imagine what they would say or something like that. Is it something where they get the balance right of, God, that was sad, but also there's a new dawn on the horizon sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Excellent. I love that. It's handled. It's handled super well. Mm. Uh, it's it's really good. Just a- a- everything in general, I think, is handled quite well. Oh, I've thought of one more thing. Another show. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll throw back over to you. Talk about Wholesome. Uh, I started the latest season of Queer Eye. Oh, nice. Which I didn't know was coming out, and then people said, it's on Netflix! Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I started watching it, and it's it's really hard to talk about that because it's basically a reality TV show, but mm. I really like just the supportive messages that are in that show, and um, it's actually interesting, talking about a breakup, there was this couple who got a divorce but saw each other almost every day, and she would come over with her new partner to this guy's house mm. <laughs> and it was kind of a weird dynamic and the fab five were saying this is a bit odd because it to the point where she still had some of her clothes in the wardrobe in the bedroom and the guy that they were helping this episode had his clothes down in the basement 
Right. So it wasn't just like they were still good friends spending time together. It was like it was almost like an open relationship, but not called that. Mm. And so he had to draw some boundaries, but he still wanted to be friends. And that was part of what they helped him with. But they also helped him because his daughter was getting married at the end of the week and moving out. And she decided to stay with him when the divorce happened. And they had a really beautiful relationship. Hmm. And he was a bit scared of, you know, becoming an empty nester. Yeah. So they, through the, the various ways that the Fab Five, Fab Five help people, um, they, you know, helped him through that. And he was worried about the dance, the father-daughter dance at a wedding. So there was d- dance classes going on, which uh, Anthony and Jonathan were awesome in. <laughs> Because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jonathan just dances anyway, but um, as it turns out, Anthony's really good too, and so they yeah. they dance together. But you know, it's just wholesome and feel good, and I definitely recommend, especially if you're struggling with the stress of you know lockdown, or if you you're invested in uh, the various movements that are happening right now in the world. But you do need to look after yourself, and you need a bit of feel good in your life. Definitely check it out. Sure. Okay. Sorry to interrupt with that, but I just, I remember no, that and you said wholesome and <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I've, I can't, I haven't, I've only seen like one episode, the first episode. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Never went through with it. No, it's a, it's a good show. And, uh, I will second the opinions of Rob Lloyd, who's obviously part of the main show on Facebook. He's been saying that Bobby Burke is the uh, MVP of the team. And I, I agree with that because what he does, he's an interior designer. And so he comes to people's houses and sometimes they're living in a, a, they're renting a place, which is, you know, quite, they can only just afford to rent it. They can't renovate it or anything like that. And it's a bit run down. So he talks to them, learns their style and provides them with what they want. Or one of them, like the current one I I just watched, the most recent one was a kind of like a dorm room situation where it's a whole bunch of um, university kids sharing a place. Mm-hmm. But they've started uh, an activist organization nice. where they're trying to, they're basically trying to be the go between between the students at uni and then the local council of the city they live in, um, Philadelphia. Uh, so he wanted to make it feel homely, but also like an organization and official. So he was doing it up to be a bit more formal than just couches. <laughs> <laughs> All, you know, in a semicircle in the living room and stuff like that. So he, he has a, a good way of approaching a situation. He gets to know the needs and the wants of the people that he's helping and then does the, the place up. Yeah, okay. He even Have you been to Yass before, the town Yass? Um, have I? don't. Or maybe I have on the way to a camp once, but I, I don't think we, like, I think we just drove through it. Yeah, that's all right. But he um he did up the pub at Yes when they were in Australia. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. they had that Australian episode, right? It was like last year or two years ago? Two years ago, I think. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a full episode because they take a week to do all this. They just did kind of like a day. So it was a 15-minute short on YouTube. But there you go. Oh, okay. Which is a great preview, actually, for Netflix to get the tone of the show. Mm. And then people, if they're not subbed to Netflix, they can then go and get a subscription. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, cool. It's a good show. I recommend watching all of it. And you don't have to watch it all in one go. It's a feel-good kind of thing. It's got a, a formula that they follow, but it just it encourages people. And it honestly helps you feel better about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because some people get stuck in a rut where, like this guy, the one that um, whose daughter was moving out and getting married, he'd lost a tooth when he was a few years ago, and he's really self-conscious about having lost the tooth, and he's worried about what people will think. Mm-hmm. And so he just he tries to hide a bit, and he tries not to draw attention to himself, so his fashion is quite limited he's grown a beard to cover up his face a bit because it even subconsciously people don't realize they do that sometimes um so one of them who's a grooming expert and he's kind of like a beautician he um 
he uh, shaves him and he gives him a new haircut and gives him some confidence and then takes him to a dentist where they get a partial denture. Mm-hmm. It's a mild spoiler, but, you know, fill in the gap where his tooth is and he just transforms and he, he actually cries a little bit because he finally feels confident and that sort of thing happens in a lot of episodes and it's just kind of seeing other people come to terms or realise what they're hiding from or how they've been holding themselves back and them getting a bit of encouragement actually works well for the viewers as well. I think that's why the show is so popular. Yeah, okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I should try and get back in. I I can't watch reality TV. It's absolutely fair enough. It's the only reality <laughs> show I watch. Don't worry. It's, yeah, like having worked in, around, and been good friends with people who have done stuff like this, <laughs> I can't help but just be like, that's fake, that's fake, there's no way that happened, that's scripted, and I'm bad with all reality TV, so it's yeah. hard for me to kind of like lose myself in a show like this. And some of the people that they, they come along and transform their life, some of them you could tell are just going to slip right back into it when they go. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's worth it. In the moment. Yeah. And the thing also is that it's, uh, you know, five gay guys. And actually one of them came out as uh, gender fluid oh. halfway through the show. So it started off as five guys and now it's, you know, four guys and me, the uh, gender fluid fairy, as, as he called himself. Hmm. Or they called themselves, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's just kind of the feeling of inclusion that everyone gets, especially the LGBT community of the world. And then some of the people, like one of them's black and they actually had an issue in the first season where they pulled a practical joke where he was driving. Mm. And this is actually really poignant now. And sorry if it makes anyone uncomfortable listening to this, but they pulled a practical joke where they had a police car uh, pull them over while he was driving. And he got very worried because obviously a black man driving encountering a police officer yeah. might not turn out well. But thankfully, one, if it was real, there'd be a car full of four other people who are white. Actually, no, one's... um. Pakistani, um, Pakistani British, who's now moved to America. But anyway, mm. it did cause a bit of a problem. And he actually talked to the producers and said, I don't want to do that sort of thing again, so can we not? But um, it was an interesting episode because that police officer, each episode basically somebody is nominated where somebody thinks they're struggling and they need some help. Yeah. And then these guys come and help. The police officer that pulled them over is a guy who nominated his friend who's also a police officer. Oh, okay. And that episode, they actually had a discussion about racial issues and about how the black community is often for good reason, statistical reasons, you know, they're, they're scared of police. And so they had a conversation and the two of them cried. Um, so it's, it's kind of the, a show where, again, with that, that's one of the ones where I knew the person would continue the way they were. Cause he had a vote Trump sign in his house. <laughs> right. And so I thought, yeah, you'll be nice to the, the black man while he's there in front of you, but you'll still vote for Trump and you'll still probably as a police officer have the same prejudice mm. but it was nice in the moment and that's the kind of thing that the show does for you it makes you feel better in the moment and it might actually help you you might relate to one of the people who've been nominated and uh say you've got a lack of confidence in a certain field they do get experts in to help with um oh, nice. that's good finding confidence or something yeah anyway that's that was a much more extended talk about it than I thought I was going to have, but it, it's a good show. And uh, if you want a bit of feel good, you can watch an episode every now and again. You don't have to sit there and watch a whole season because obviously it hasn't got a season arc. <laughs> it's a reality show. Um, but yeah. Okay. 
moving on to movies then maybe yeah i mean we've already we've talked about the movie yeah that's true but, but unlike that one mm-hmm. i feel like these movies are um a little smaller smaller yep a little uh niche mm. definitely a bit weirder wait weird are you saying that Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Weird Movies with Sandro. Yes, it's time for the segment that people have been waiting for. (laughs) Actually, listeners, have you been waiting? (laughs) Could we have some feedback to let it, let you know, you can let us know what bits of the show you really like? Yeah. Because I like doing that voice, by the way, and we'll keep that segment if you guys like it, but yeah for sure i mean next week we got we got something planned <laughs> we do which we'll talk about at the end of the episode um i've got two weird movies to talk about i'll do them very mm. quickly first of all uh the, the first one i've got is a direct-to-video animated superhero movie called superman red sun i don't know if you've heard about this one i have only heard about it as in like i knew it was being drawn and animated and voice overacted but i don't know the plot or anything so let me know. Ah, so it's based off a comic from the early 2000s by Mark Miller. Ah. Controversial comic book writer Mark Miller. <laughs> He's okay. He's like the guy that writes The Boys and uh, the boys. And Preacher, <laughs> except if he had no subtlety at all. <laughs> Wait. Of course he didn't. He wrote The Boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what has Mark Miller done? He wrote... Uh, Kick-Ass, mm. Kingsman. He's got his old, like, Miller World thing, which is coming to, like, Netflix at some point. They're yeah. adapting, like, heaps and heaps of his stuff. Was it him who did Dark Knight Returns, or was that the other Miller? Uh, that's Frank Miller. That's Frank, yeah. yeah. That's, that's Frank Miller. Oh, of course it is. Um, I'll hand in my DC fan badge. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I'm always... <sighs> I don't love his comics. Yeah. I quite like Kick-Ass for what it is, but aside from that... He lets his politics and his um, <laughs> non-subtle nature get way too involved in a comic compared to what it should be. Again, maybe that's just because I agree with the point of Preacher and The Boys more than yeah. I agree with what Mark Miller writes about, but whatever. Um, that's an interesting point. I I know I keep interrupting today. I'm sorry, but... No, that's fine. Uh, people have been criticising a lot of outlets for putting out support for Black Lives Matter, saying, keep politics out of the story. Mm. And I go, but they're not, because that's just a social thing. That's just, you know, saying that they support black people. Like, Disney, good on them, stood behind John Boyega. Yeah, yeah. Who, in the moment, in an amazing speech, was scared that he might not work again, at least for Disney. But that little message was them saying, don't worry, John, we got your back. Mm. Even Mm. though Disney's got a whole lot of problems of their own, but that's a good thing they've done. (laughs) Exactly. And so... It's interesting because I I heard what you and Rob had to say about Mark Miller in a previous uh, main show episode, and you mentioned how he's got like opinions on guns and stuff like that and freedom and all of that, uh, and I kind of agree with you saying keep politics out of it, but I'm trying to not be hypocritical in that it depends how it's done, how you include the politics. Yeah. People think casting John Boyega in the first place was a political move because he's black. Yeah. No. They just cast an actor who was good for the role. Yeah. They think casting a woman as the Doctor in Doctor Who or Daisy Ridley as the lead female Jedi or the lead Jedi who happens to be female was a political move. 
No, they just happen to be female. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Mark Miller deliberately writes stories about politics. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you can see this adaptation of Red Sun uh, trying to steer the wheel in a different direction compared to its miniseries that it is based off. Okay. I read it. I think it's really good, actually. Mm. Out of all of Mark Miller's superhero work, I quite like Red Sun. So he wrote both? He wrote the original and the adaptation? Uh, no, he's got nothing to do with the adaptation. Oh, okay. I don't think. Uh, I'll get to the writer and director later. Uh-oh. <laughs> the general premise, though, is what if Superman, instead of landing in Kansas, landed in Russia uh, during the 40s and uh, was grown up to... Yeah, work for the Soviet Union as their super strong man going around doing stuff. Mm. That's all I'll say. I think that's a good point to go into. There is a general premise and a sort of twist that happens very early on, but I think that's the information you need going in. There are some other DC characters who show up, like Lex Luthor is an America, and he's like, hmm, I'm going to help America get rid of this Superman. And stuff like that. <laughs> Superman is voiced by Jason Isaac, still with ah. a Russian accent, it, and it works. Well, I think it works. Of course, he landed in Russia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, it's not very good. Now, the reason <laughs> it's not very good, I think, is the reason why, uh, unfortunately for me, the majority of these DC animated films since Flashpoint haven't been very good. Oh, I really? haven't. Like, Gotham by Gaslight was awful. <laughs> Uh, the Justice League films, War and Throne of Atlantis, I think were really bad. Oh, I loved them. Okay, there we go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I quite liked the Teen Titan ones. Mm. Like, Batman having uh, his son there, I thought they were okay, but I quite liked that the son then went and joined the Teen Titans, and I quite liked those Teen Titan films. We know my opinions on his son. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the Suicide Squad and uh, Justice no. League Dark ones yet. It's like, yeah. well, actually, no, because we re reviewed the first Justice League Dark one on this show back in 2016, uh, and I think it was fine, but I haven't seen the new one. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got very mixed opinions about the animated films in general. Mm. And as soon as I saw this was directed by Sam Liu, the guy who does the majority of the animated films that I don't like, I went, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And, yeah, it's a mixture of it focuses on the important story points, but I think it does kind of miss the point in general. You can tell the people who wrote this were trying to steer away from Mark Miller's, uh, I guess, point with the story. Right, yeah. At times, it, yeah, I hate the ending. I really <laughs> hate the ending. I can't remember if it's the same ending as the comic, but it's really, really bad. There are some interesting points, though, like certain uh, Justice League characters who show up. There's some really interesting takes on them. Um, are they slightly different as well in their origins and their motivation? For the most part, yeah. Cool. Well, it's not really a spoiler, but Wonder Woman is in this, and she's not really changed too much. Yeah. But there is one in particular who they completely changed. Mm. Well, they changed that character's origin, but probably because it's not actually that character. It's just someone who... Um, yeah. It, you, whatever, I can't say anything without spoiling it. Um, <laughs> no, that, that's fine. I, I was just interested because it's basically a what-if, so, you know... It is pretty much a what-if. Take the opportunity to change things and have fun with it. Yeah. And I think if they 
went all out in this and made it a what if to the point where it had a super depressing ending. I think that would have been good, uh, <laughs> but they didn't. And I uh, hate the ending. I think for the most part... Sandro doesn't like feel good. <laughs> yeah. Well, not when it's Russian Superman. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Let me guess. He becomes redeemed and he becomes American Superman. Y- yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'll spoil it. Uh, Lex Luthor is the president and well, of course. they're about to fight, but then it's revealed the Brainiac was the person who pitted them against each other and made Superman a fascist. And he's like, ha ha ha. So they oh. team up and kill him. And then he's like, I guess I'm American now. So does that mean the Brainiac's behind all fascists? Because he landed in Russia. That's why he's a fascist. <laughs> Surely. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. And it ends with him being like, looks like the American way was the right way all along. I'm Ugh. like, shut up. <laughs> Just... Okay, I agree with you. That's Ugh. <laughs> not because they said the Americans way the right way is the right way all along. It's just that that's a cheesy way of doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, ugh. I mean, Superman's cheesy. Fight me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should be actually. He wasn't in the uh, recent films, and that's why I'm not a fan of them. Okay, I've got many things to say about Superman in general, but I think we should say that for an entire episode. Yeah, I think we should do an entire episode on why the Snyder Snyder cut is going to be annoying. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I think I'd rate it probably a schmear. It's not a mm. thumb down because it's not like offensively terrible. Yeah, but it's all like as an adaptation, it fails. As a standalone movie, it fails. Uh, but the animation's pretty good. So <laughs> there we go. The one redeeming factor above Artemis Fowl, the animation's pretty good. Yeah. Whereas the animated stuff in Artemis Fowl wasn't good. <laughs> I find it hard to recommend because it is a Mark Miller c- comic, but read the mm. comic instead uh, is that review. And then I do have another weird review. Do we have time? Yeah, we've got time. We'll have a longer episode or I'll just edit this mercilessly. We'll see. We'll see. Hint, it'll be a longer episode. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my friend Ben Volchuk and I have been watching this, like, weekly bad movie of the week. Oh. Yeah, you tried to loop me in on that. <laughs> yeah, I tried to loop you in on the one last week. Uh, burned at the stake, this 80s <laughs> Salem movie about time-traveling witches. I came in for a bit about, where did they touch you, basically? And I was like, whoa, okay, no, uh... I might check this out later and get the whole story because this is just a little bit much to just start off with. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird movie because it was really bad, but then it also had really distressing sequences with this well, like main character who's yeah. a kid. Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, but the one I'm I'm going to talk about because I think it's funnier is uh, a film from 1964 called Pyro: The Thing Without a Face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I saw that Doctor Who episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's a very, very slow-moving, uh, I guess, introspective, <laughs> pathos-focused story ah. about a designer, interior designer, I think, or maybe he just owns a bunch of buildings. I'm not sure. <laughs> and and does them all up differently. <laughs> yeah, he um, he cheats on his wife with someone. Oh. And the someone... Is an alien. ...burns some stuff. Oh. And that's the first 45 minutes of the film. It starts off with this scene at an amusement park where a character is like, you know, the greatest invention of all humankind. It's the Ferris wheel. And 
<laughs> shots of Ferris wheels. And then it's like, my story that ends here at the Ferris wheel started back when I was da-da-da. And then it flashes back and you, you, you see this whole thing about the affair. It goes on forever. Eventually she burns his family's house down for insurance money? The person he's having an affair with? I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, he's scarred horribly. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, spoilers for all of this. Um, yeah. It then jumps like 10, no, maybe five years into the future. He's now a different actor um, because he's wearing a mask because his face was scarred and he wants revenge on her. And so he joins a circus eventually gets to this ferris wheel place and then he throws himself off the ferris wheel because he doesn't want to kill her i don't know it's weird it's a bad film (laughs) it's real bad that makes less sense than the artemis fowl movie at least from what you're (laughs) explaining to me (laughs) yeah there is one quote and i think the quote might make it make a little bit more sense i think the quote might put things in perspective Mm -hmm. he's scarred and the woman that he was having an an affair with, she comes in and she's like, I'm sorry for burning down the house. I didn't know your family was in it. And he says, an eye for an eye, a fire for a fire. Oh, God. So, yeah. Oh. Now, why would he need to be a different actor if they're going to wear a different mask? I'm confused. <laughs> it's literally a Mission Impossible mask. Oh, right. <laughs> and he's just got on. And he pulls it off at the end and his face is like... Hugh Jackman. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as he said that, I thought of Deadpool, actually. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So true. Um, I think we both went into it expecting a so bad it's going to be good, like, horror. No, you're just confused. (laughs) But instead what we got was, yeah, this, like, it's trying to be smart, but it's just (laughs) none none of it works. Let's let's include a classic quote. That'll that'll make us look good. Yeah. An eye for an eye. See that viewing audiences? Fire for a fire. Fire for a fire. It's a great quote. There was some pretty (laughs) good quotes. There's pretty good, like, soundtrack moments. Hmm. However, the editing for the soundtrack, uh, it cuts off whenever the scene ends, no matter at what point in the moves, like in the song it is. Oh. So they've obviously got maybe 10 pieces of orchestral and synth music. <laughs> yeah. And they play it at the start of the scene. And then when the scene ends, it's just this abrupt cut to the next scene <laughs> with the next song. Now I'm thinking of the uh, soundtrack for The Room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's similar. Because it's the same piece of music over and over again in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, did I just call The Room a film? Ugh. The Room is a film. Yeah, uh, it's a movie. Was it shot on film? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> he wanted it to be, but, you know. <laughs> I do sometimes follow along that uh, philosophy that some films are films and some films are movies. Mm. That's definitely a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Pyro. Yeah, one thumb down. It's bad. But also, oh. uh, look, we took a chance. Good name, though. <laughs> yeah, it is a good name. The Thing Without a Face, Pyro. Yeah. There's not much else to say about it, really, aside from the ridiculous premise and synopsis. So. Yeah, well... There you go. God help you for watching that sort of movie. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's an hour and a half, I'll never get back, but... Um, <laughs> look, I'm in lockdown, what else am I going to do? Oh, yeah, exactly. No, I'm... Watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? No. Yes! <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> have you got anything else you've been consuming uh no I, I mean i added so much to my list i think i doubled the length of my list by remembering it halfway through so no i've got no more <laughs> all right well i think that's that's it which i guess uh seeing as we're still technically in the weird movies cat category do you want to do you want to say what we're doing next week <laughs> yes i'm pretty sure we teased it a little bit when i suggested the idea in um episode eight but next week we're kind of reversing things a little bit so instead of having a little segment called weird movies with Sa- no, sorry <clears throat> weird movies with sandro perfect <laughs> hey no just said perfect it's... oh okay good <laughs> yeah no I, I have to make sure i'm consistent Mm. We're going to make the whole show about a weird movie and then do a really formal segment where we just very quickly talk about what we've consumed. Maybe just pick one of the things that we've consumed. Yeah. Which will take place of the weird movies with Sandro segment. <laughs> I'm trying to say it quickly now. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and it's also going to be episode 10, which means that if this, if people like it, every 10th episode, we could do a weird movie special, I guess. I don't know. Oh, what? That's a new. That's another element to this, and I like it. Yes, we should do that. Maybe. Anyway. And we've selected a specific movie, so if you want to watch it before we go <laughs> and, you know, before we do the episode, and by the way, I'm calling it a movie before even seeing it. I think it deserves the title movie, not film. It's got 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Star Wars is a movie. Yes, I agree. Not a film. I agree. In, a, in that sort of category it's an amazing movie and one of my favorites and i class it as like it's got a special place in my heart next to films like the king's speech or something like that which are films sure but it's a movie yeah anyway that's true i agree yeah uh (laughs) the movie we're gonna watch is hang on (laughs) butt boy butt boy it came out like a couple weeks ago on streaming it did and i went what the heck i gotta watch this and then we were like, what should we do for this? And I was like, it's this film called Butt Boy. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> you could do it. I, it's a movie about a guy who's investigating some missing uh, people and he thinks this guy's putting them in his butt. <laughs> but it's also apparently, like, a dark drama <laughs> about... um maybe alcoholism i don't know yeah uh it looks great (laughs) it looks there's a there's a prequel (laughs) it's a prequel short film yeah that i sent you and it's on youtube isn't it it is yes it's for free there we go listeners we will after we post this episode i reckon we could also post that prequel so you're definitely following along with what we're doing yes um, the movie is available uh, in Australia on YouTube and Google. I think it's on um, Amazon in like, America or something. God. hasn't hit there yet, but it's there. We're going to watch it. <laughs> if you want to watch it, you can. I Yes, I'm keen. I've heard it's a, one of the weirdest films since The Death of Dick Long from last year, which was a movie that ha- that, that had a twist that was hilariously weird and dark. So if it's like that, I'll be excited. Yeah. We might also have a guest. We might do. We've had someone express interest, so we'll just say that much. <laughs> uh, I was going to say a, a pun about when you said if it's as weird as... What was that one? The Death of Dick Long? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, you're saying this potentially could be a weird movie like that one. The first thing that came to mind was, well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Because of butts. Noise. Because of butts. Oh, dear. <laughs> We're going to be making some real childish jokes next week. I'm excited. I think we are. (laughs) 
Well, it depends. Maybe this will be an incredibly disturbing film and we'll actually respect it for mm. making such a weird uh, subject come across as scary and disturbing. Yeah, from what I've heard from uh, a few friends that I have who have seen this, they say that it's played incredibly straight. <laughs> it is more of a uh, dark drama with some absurd moments mm-hmm. and it uh, might make you think. <laughs> I don't know. The trailer genuinely did look like a horror film or a thriller film at least. Yeah, for sure. So, um, anyway, we'll watch that next week. Yep, check it out, and we'll we'll do a special spice up of the uh, formula for this episode or that episode. Sorry, for sure. Yes. Yes. Aside from that, main show might be back on Friday. The problem is, uh, none of us have been consuming anything outside of Twin Peaks. I'm kind of amazed <laughs> that I managed to get some things in for this week. So, yeah, we'll see. But the main show, yeah, might might be back. Otherwise, you can catch uh, Rob and myself currently over on Oldie But A Goodie with Zach. Um, he's done back-to-back episodes, Ghostbusters last week, Gremlins this week. Nice. Uh, also, check out the episode before those two, uh, Star Trek Three: Search for Spock with you, Reese. Yeah, I was on that, and that was a lot of fun. I do like our little story talking about the Search for Spock, who was uh, stranded on the planet Genesis, did you know? And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah how did the what is the planet of genesis well the planet of genesis is uh, a planet that was terraformed by uh, and and also uh no never mind <laughs> i was i was trying to explain all of the plot i was trying to then remember what we focus on for the running joke but never mind it was his <laughs> his tube the photon torpedo tube, which is also a stasis tube, yeah. but also a something else. The stasis torpedo. Yeah. That was a fun episode. Mm. Uh, check it out. I like that one. I really like all of our latest ones. So, Yeah. Well, actually, I'm going to confess something, and I'm going to go watch this movie before I hear the latest episode, but I've never seen Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good? Yeah, it's good. We won't give away your rating because people should go and listen to Ollie Butter Goody, and they've got a rating system there, so... Mm. Go and listen to that, and I'll join in. I'll watch the film, and then I'll go join in. Yeah. Oh, I thought that you had seen it based off oh. uh, your reaction at the end of episode 74. Um, well, I just love Ghostbusters so much that I would just prioritize that over anything else. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, we were going to do Ghostbusters, like, no matter what, really, when you think about it. So. I know. We talked about it already. You had Rob lined up to appear to talk about Ghostbusters. <laughs> But your reaction was great. Uh, I liked it. Well, that's why I made my joke about, well, who are you going to call? Because I knew you, you were going to have yes. a guest coming. So it's I suggested, you know, maybe you need a guest or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very good. Yes, I like it. Yes, there's behind-the-scenes stuff happens, listeners. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we plan. We already know what we're doing for episode 103. I can say that on this show, but I can't say it on that show. Jesus. That's how shows work. <laughs> really? 103? Yeah, well, yeah, we planned it until the end of the year, and the final episode's 103, so... Oh, well, of course. It, you're doing a year that... Yeah, never mind. Cool. cool. Yeah, we've only got 27 episodes left in the year. Don't say that. I know we're halfway through, but don't <laughs> say that. <laughs> anyway, this is this outro's gone on for a while. What else? There's links in the descriptions for our socials. Check them out. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, until next week, where things get a bit weird, make sure that you nerd mm. out... And spin-off. But also, be excellent to each other. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Bill and Ted's trailer. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Did you see it? Uh, no. Oh. I sent it to Rob and I was like, hey, look, it came out, but I didn't watch it because I don't want to watch trailers. Fair enough. It's, it's there. 
Like, it didn't get me excited. It didn't turn me off. It didn't give away too much at all. It's just kind of there. Okay. So you don't have to watch it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, cool. But yeah, I also support that message of be excellent to each other, guys. Yes. You know, just be nice. <laughs> Definitely. And also, yeah, go watch Bill and Ted Face the Music when it's out in August, maybe. Yeah. Oh, and Wonder Woman's coming out in October. Yeah, they pushed it back again. <laughs> yeah. Which means, because it was meant to come out in December last year. Mm-hmm. It was. It's been delayed a total of 10 months. Wow. They could have had it out and it would have done really well opposite Star Wars. The Star Wars didn't do super well. It could have been... Uh, well... Warner Brothers? Star Wars did okay. It did okay. I mean, no, it didn't make a billion dollars, but movies <laughs> don't have to make a billion dollars to do well. <laughs> yeah. It did, it did do pretty well. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We're going on for a long time now. I was going to stop recording. <laughs>